0: Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 Podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome back to the Late Breaking Formula 1 Podcast. My name's Ben Hocking. Another episode, another off-season episode. We're all willing for the season to come back. It will be with us soon, we are sure, but we've still got plenty to talk about today. And I've got Sam Sage and Harry with me to chat through. So, guys, how was your week then?
2: Been alright. Yeah. I just look forward to this every week, to be honest. Just dragging myself along miserably and empty until I get to this evening.
1: Yeah, I mean, most people work for the weekends, but we work for Wednesday nights. So that's. uh, I love
2: LB Podcast Night.
1: It is the absolute best time of the week. No doubt about that whatsoever.
0: Um, Tonight, we're going to be discussing Charles Leclerc's 2020 season. Are there parallels that can be made to Max Verstappen's 2018 season? Is there a problem with him making too many errors? We'll be discussing that one later on. Uh, What can Daniel Ricciardo bring to McLaren? Of course, a former race winner going into the team. And we've got a brand new game coming up later on, which is Call the Commentary. Um, Yeah, you'll have to... Wait and stick around to see what that's all about. And also, more importantly, what Sam's jingle's going to be for that. We know how important that is to the people. But first of all... (laughs) We've got Pierre Gasly, who uh, this past Sunday, he was he confirmed that he had tested positive for COVID-19, uh, that was following a training camp in Dubai. So this makes Gasly the sixth driver to test positive. Perez, Stroll and Lewis Hamilton all tested positive throughout the season. Uh, and since the season has ended, Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc and now Pierre Gasly, of course, have tested positive. So Sam, six drivers, is there an issue with the way in which F one drivers are treating COVID-19?
2: Yeah, I mean, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but the only person that doesn't have a single excuse almost, I think, not excuse, the reason why they got it was based on where they were already, due to the F1 calendar, was Lewis Hamilton, who picked up in the hotel that he was staying at uh, between races and didn't leave the paddock. The others have all flown off somewhere to do something. You know, Perez went and visited family back in Mexico at one point. Um, We've seen how much Leclerc is travelling about. P. Gasol, someone that A lot of people look up to I've got a lot of time for and a lot of respect for how he's recovered from his Red Bull time. Um, It's just silly, isn't it? Uh, I'm in a light-hearted mood. We've had a good laugh today, us boys. So I will try (laughs) not to to really bury the hatchet right into P. Gazel. But these people are role models. These people are people that, you know, you look up to and you respect and you are taught how to be in society. That's happened with everything, not just sports people, celebrities, movie stars, you know, sports stars of all kinds. We look up to these people, and they are meant to be a bit of a beacon of what we're meant to do, which is a bit of a burden to bear, but it's something you also take on board when you step into the limelight. Gasly, once again, flaunting around, and George Russell's recently been spotted doing the same. He wasn't part of that virtual Grand Prix because he's off in the bloody Caribbean. Not ideal. Um, It isn't good enough. You wouldn't say this about any other virus. You wouldn't say this about any other thing, you know. You don't go against a world pandemic and then you just decide to fly to any country you fancy and see anyone that you want to just because you've got a bit of money behind you. It's not excusable. It's the same as Rita Ora trying to have a bloody seven grand birthday in London. That's despicable. I don't care how much money she's got. That is embarrassing. And you're putting people at risk. That is the medicine. same here. It is. Thank you, Alonso. Um, you know, you, you, you're putting people at risk and it's not all right. With someone from that level of responsibility, that much of a following... Not good enough, in my opinion. You need to be more serious. If you care about your sporting achievements, um, your own health, and your own chances, and your fans, you need to be doing more. We are. You know, I-, I could get off to Monaco at any time that I want. <laughs> I've got, the- I've got bags of money behind this screen, <laughs> and I-, I stay here for the, the <laughs> for the good of the people.
0: For the good of the people, you are, a- you are a man of the people, Sam. No doubt I about am that. The
2: people's king slash queen.
0: Fair enough, Harry. Um, obviously, you're not the. The people's king or queen like Sam but you know us mere peasants can't live up to that level however I am interested in your opinion on this so so go ahead
1: Um, 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 um I think it's it's uh, sorry, sounds dancing on screen, which no one on the podcast can see, obviously, because it's a podcast. It's
2: because your internet lags, and then you remix it when um um um
1: um. It was beautiful. It, it was, was quite was enjoyable wonderful. to listen to. Again, yeah. no one on the podcast will know that that happened. Yet we're now here discussing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what was what was I talking about? Yes, F one drivers. Um, I think the, <laughs> they, they are being less responsible than they should be and have been previously. I think if we look back to the first lockdown, and I'm talking that's kind of worldwide. I know various countries aren't in lockdown anymore. This country that we live in, unfortunately, is. Um, But if we look back to that one, they all stayed inside and, you know, they had to train at home. They had to keep fit in that extended off-season. But they all managed it. So why they need to now go off to a training camp in Abu Dhabi or Dubai or wherever, the Caribbean... Doesn't make a lot of sense, um, you know. I think the precautions aren't in place in the off season like they are during the season, and and even in the in the season we still had cases. There weren't there weren't many, thankfully, but there were still cases, and the F one you know gr- group did well to pick them up, and so it did it prevented the spread, you know, spreading it like wildfire basically. So um, yeah, I think just F one drivers need to be more responsible and and it is it's, you know it's like seeing influencers going out jetting out to dubai whatever i said it's a, it's, a, it's a bit annoying and then, you know i know we live different lives but i don't really want to see f1 drivers having a, an amazing time at the moment because we're not having a great time either so i'd rather you know we're all in this together kind of attitude but um yeah it's uh, it's tricky because i you know you got to appreciate that these drivers need to be fit and they have to do a lot of special training but at the same time no good if you keep going out and catching COVID. Um, I think there's a, this, a string of them from you know Gasly, Leclerc, Norris uh, hasn't helped. Um, but anyway, it's uh, it's annoying. So please, F1 drivers, look after yourselves because we like watching you drive fast. Maybe these
0: drivers have actually just all caught COVID because they're all part of Helmut Marco's coronavirus camp, and they that just haven't times. revealed that. Oh, I love that. Oh, helmet! every day that passes, it sounds more and more stupid. <laughs> anyway, um, what I would say to this is out of the 20 drivers on the grid, six have now tested positive. Now, um, it would be fairly easy to say that, you know, six out of 20 that ends up being 30% of the entire grid have had it, which on the surface is a pretty high percentage. You know, if, if 30% of the world's population had COVID... There would have been 2.34 billion cases in the world if the F1, if the F1 drivers was the average. As it happens, there's only been about 100 million. So clearly, you know, you're more likely to get COVID if you are a Formula One driver. Um, but because of the difference in, you know, there's so many factors to play. I think it would be a bit unfair to just say that and full stop and move on. Because, yeah when you're jet-setting around the world like the Formula One Circus is, even in the restricted way that it was done, you're more likely to... Of course, you're more likely to than someone like us would completely understand that. But here's the thing. The Formula One calendar still lasted about six months, give or take, from that first race in Austria to that last race in Abu Dhabi, about six months of the year. And in that time, there were three drivers who tested positive. You know... I know that the the F1 paddock was much more restricted than we had in previous years, but there were still a lot of people from a lot of teams being represented week in, week out, across Europe and then into Asia. And there were three cases of drivers getting COVID-19. Yet since the off-season, and I think that's about six weeks compared to six months, it's exactly the same number that have tested positive, three, because you've had Norris, Leclerc, and, uh, and Gasly test positive since that point. So clearly... Six months with more mingling, you've got a whole worldwide sport going on, produces the same number of cases as when everyone should be at home and has no reason not to be. That's a cause for concern. you know. And you're right in what you say in that these guys are role models and people look up to these guys and they need to set a better example about what they can do. It should not be one rule for the rich and those who can get away with it and one rule for those who can't. ultimately, and I, I assume that a lot of these guys probably don't care if they get COVID themselves, because there is a very, very large likelihood that it would pass and nothing would happen, as has been the case with a lot of people. But first of all, you you know, your own personal your own personal safety and what your own personal view of it is not the be all and end all and should never be. Your impact and your actions, they have a global impact, whether you like it or not. And that might sound like this sweeping statement. It is a global impact. You know, if you infect one other person, that's enough because that one person then infects three more, three more infects 15 more, 15 more. And, you know, there's a reason that COVID is in every single part of the world because of the actions of individuals. So, you know, there should be no I don't care if I get it should never be a reason to to not to not be as safe as possible we've seen videos of you know charles claire there was a video where he definitely wasn't wearing a mask and he wasn't social distancing whatsoever gasly similarly you know there's no reason for these guys to be in dubai in the first place um yeah i think i, I don't know how i don't know how you come down on it because you, on the one hand you could say getting covid is punishment enough but you know is it enough i don't really know so yeah they should be setting a better example plain and simple there's just too many people looking at these guys looking up to them who who might be tempted to do the same um sam you've got uh something to say about manscaped so we've actually got a sponsor
2: yeah and that is because of you lot who have Listen to the podcast. So, firstly, I know we've got to do the advertising bit, um, and we aren't really getting paid. They're just happily sponsoring it, and we kind of got a free product to try out, which is very nice. It's because of you lot listening that they've reached out and had a thought. So, firstly, thank you for listening. And if you do want to help out the channel, we've got uh, you go over to Manscaped, and when you buy a product, you'll get 20% off if you search for late 20. Put that in your discount box and your little code bit that goes under the, the checkout section. So, if you want to be streamlined, get the podcast to the top, or you want to be a lawnmower, just like Valtteri Bottas was at the Austrian Grand Prix, trim some grass, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> then um, get over to Manscaped. Their products are quality. They actually are. I used it. It's over there. You can see it. Oh, you can't see it the camera. It's a podcast. Sorry, folks. Watch a YouTube video. You won't be able to catch it. It's, it's there. Um, it, it was actually pretty good. I would recommend it. And you get 20% off. So if you do want to help out the, um, the channel, Get over to Manscaped, use LATE20, all in capital letters, uh, with the number 20 and not the word 20, and you'll get 20% off. Uh, So thanks, Manscaped. You'll be hearing a bit more from them over the next couple of episodes because they're here with us for a little bit. But much love to you guys and to Manscaped for helping us out.
0: Let's move it on to Charles Leclerc. So this was uh, something I was uh, from a different podcast, from the race podcast. Scott Mitchell, who is a uh, well-known journalist, he um, he was discussing with his friends uh, whether uh, Charles Leclerc has had an was had an overrated season, or whether he is generally overrated. Um, and what caught my caught my eye was how he compared the 2020 season of Leclerc to the 2018 season of Max Verstappen. Um, He said that uh, Leclerc's 2020 season was largely, uh, any any mistakes were largely small misjudgments um, and weren't anything excessive, whereas Verstappen's errors that he had in 2018 were more rash and careless. Um, Sam do you think that there are parallels that you can draw between the two here or do you think Scott Mitchell's right here in that it is careless versus small misdemeanors uh,
2: Scott and Mitch usually I very much enjoy your writing I think he's a very good journalist and if you do want to get an interesting opinion on Formula 1 you look for another opinion go give his stuff a read it is good uh, in this case I disagree with him um, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc are both equally allowed to have inexperienced moments. Moments where like they throw the car into a corner a bit quick, or they miss a braking point, or they misjudge a side-by-side moment. It happens to every driver. It happened to Lewis Hamilton two, twice in the last season. You know, ironically, both with Albon. But it happens. You know, he's a seven-time world champion. He still spun somewhere around twice. Lol. Sorry, Albon. Um, <laughs> you spung yourself into DTM now. will will be there soon.
1: alone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc equally are both still so young and so inexperienced in the grand scheme of things. And in 2018, Verstappen had only been in the sport, what, three to four years at that point, I think? Um, and Leclerc was only in his third season, the most recent season that we've had. Um, and you've got every right to grow and develop. And I think you need to compare the, the pros to the cons. You need to compare the successes to the, the weaknesses. And the fact that Charles Leclerc scored more points than a four-time world champion... Charles Leclerc was able to throw some of the best overtakes we've seen. Um, he's incredibly consistent. His qualifying performances are breathtakingly good. The man is, if Ferrari could pull their act together, a future world champion in the making. And Max Verstappen is exactly the same thing. Always has been over at Red Bull. Max Verstappen had a season where everyone looked at him and he went, "This is slightly worrying." Is he going to pull it back from that? And he did. He learned. And you're never going to get better unless you make mistakes. That's the first thing you learn. At any new job, when you go into school or college, you have to have a bad to have a good. You have to learn from it. Lewis Hamilton lost the championship by bringing it into the gravel trap in China. And now look at him. He's considered the greatest of all time in terms of statistics. It happens to every single driver. Scotty Mitch, I think you've wanted a nice topic to write about here, and it hasn't really paid off. Um, so, no, I think they were both inexperienced. I think they were both made some silly mistakes. Do I think the one are reckless? No. Max is a bit of a hothead, as we've seen. But he's also one of the best drivers Formula One has seen for a long time, and he's allowed to make those mistakes. So for me, no, they're allowed to make mistakes. They're both inexperienced; it happens. They learn from them, they develop, and they're both becoming better drivers because of it.
0: What, what do you reckon, Harry? Do you think this is Charles Leclerc's small misjudgments versus a bit careless and rash from Verstappen in 2018, or do you think they're much more similar than than he let on?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with Sam on this one. I think they're just them. They're completely similar. They're almost the same. I think you can you can't say. Looking at where they are in their in their careers at those times, um, twenty twenty for Leclerc, twenty eighteen for Verstappen, it's the same kind of, it's the same kind of uh, period of their career. So, how why why is any better for Leclerc? I I'm, I'm not quite sure, S- Scott, my friend. Um, <laughs> and and uh, arguably, I think Leclerc would. You know, I know he's in a worse car in 2020 than Max was in 2018, but I think he might have had a worse year. Um, I in mean, just in terms of the consequences of of his mistakes, you know, in the Styrian GP he wiped out his teammate in the, on the first lap. Um, where else did he crash? Well, Monza he had a humongous crash, which was again his own doing. Uh, and then in Bahrain or, or the secure GP, I should say, he he wiped out. Two cars, one of them ironically being Max Verstappen, Um, and I don't really recall Max doing that much similar in 2018. He had a couple of, I mean, Monaco qualifying where he binned it and he could have won that race. I could be, and maybe a couple of rash moves, but yeah. I don't. I don't agree. I, don't, I think they are the same. And you know, we've 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 made comments before about how much Max has improved on that front. Um, he's he does occasionally, you know, might make the old mistake, but you know, mostly now he's pretty consistent. And I'm sure, you know, I'm pretty sure Leclerc will be the same because you know he's got the speed. He's just at that slightly younger part of his career. Um, and yeah, it's it's very easy to make this comparison. So I don't know why. Don't get why it's why it should be different for. For old Chucky, Chucky Leclerc, even though he is God God Leclerc sometimes. Good old God Leclerc. Um, yeah, so um,
0: I'll touch on the inexperience point first, because Scott in this did say that he thinks that some of the 2020 season and the errors that Leclerc made was down to inexperience, and I don't disagree with him on that. I think it's easy to forget that Charles Leclerc is, yeah, as you say, third season. That's it. You know, because of his advancement up to Ferrari so early in his career, and obviously for the Ferrari seat wasn't great in 2020, but it certainly was in 2019, it is very easy to forget that he is so inexperienced compared to a lot of the field. However, what I would say is you can't make the point that Charles Leclerc and his was down to inexperience if you're not going to admit the same about Verstappen's because Verstappen was in his fourth full season in 2018. So, it's one season in it. So, if you're going to claim inexperience on the part of Leclerc, at least to some extent, you also have to do the same with Verstappen if you're comparing the two. What well, I've done, I've, I've sort of identified five incidents that I think were Charles Leclerc's fault or incidents, errors that happened throughout 2020. Uh, and essentially asked myself do I think they are careless and rash as. Got Scott Mitchell labelled Verstappen in some degree in the 2018 season. Or are they minor misjudgments? Which category do they fall in? Well, let's start with Istanbul. So we know that he lost his podium on the final lap. I put that one down as a minor misjudgment because the circuit was incredibly tough to deal with. We saw what happened to the likes of Valtteri Bottas in that Grand Prix. People were spinning all over the place. He had one minor error. And he, he did such an amazing job to even get in that spot from where he was at one point of the Grand Prix. So I'm putting that one down as a minor misjudgment. And I'd also actually put the Sakia one down as a minor misjudgment as well. It wasn't great, but at the same time, I don't believe he's going for the move. I think it's a lockup. up I don't think there was any intention whatsoever to make the overtake. I think he just got the breakers spot wrong. So I, again, I think that one is a minor misjudgment. However, the other three I've picked out, I think do fall into the careless category. So first of all, the one you've referenced, Harry, Styria, I believe that move on Sebastian Vettel was intended. He didn't lock up into Sebastian Vettel as he did in Sakia with, um, with Perez and Verstappen. In that instance, he went for the gap, which was not a good move. So that one, I think, falls in the careless category. Again, the Monza one, you could argue it was a bit unlucky, but at the same time, 20 drivers do that corner However many times in a race and don't do what he did. There's a reason not many people crash into that wall. And I'm not saying, you know, these drivers can't have these mistakes. In fact, I'm saying the opposite. They can have these mistakes. But again, I think that one is careless rather than a minor misjudgment. And the one in Sochi, the one that he didn't get a penalty for, which I still can't believe to this day, um, again, I think that one was careless as well. So you've got five uh, incidents there. Then,
2: bang, it's because it was a lap one incident and those are forgivable regardless of what you do. Thank you.
0: Yeah, sorry. Um, I forgot flat out murder of a Canadian is acceptable if it on is. lap one of a Grand Prix.
2: It's actually, let me just check the FIA rule. But yeah, yeah was it'll be in there. If anything, it's not even a black and white flag.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, what does a black and white flag mean anyway? <laughs> um, yeah, so I've sort of listed five incidents that I think he had in the season, and it's 3-2 in terms of careless versus minor misjudgments. So I think to put them all as minor misjudgments, I don't think he's doing it full justice. And again, that's okay. He's in his third year. He's allowed these errors. Look at you know Verstappen in his fourth year. He made a lot of errors. People refer back to Lewis Hamilton's 2011 season a lot in terms of the mistakes he made that year. That was his fifth year in Formula One. He will keep on making mistakes. Formula One drivers do it. They're human. It's about eliminating them to as... Yeah, eliminating them as much as you can. In, very similar to what Lewis Hamilton has done, where Lewis Hamilton will, generally speaking, have about one error per year. And he does an amazing job to do that. But he hasn't eliminated them completely. So that's what Leclerc's path looks like in the next few years, what he needs to do. Uh, I think, actually, the seasons between 2018 Verstappen and 2020 Leclerc, very comparable. Um the only the only difference for me, and I don't think any of Leclerc's incidents were as bad as the China one for Max Verstappen, to be fair. Yeah,
2: that but, is the big one.
0: But uh, the only other difference I would say is that Max Verstappen seemed to have happened pretty much all within that first half of the season and were quite condensed. Leclerc's were a bit more spread out across the year. But I, I think it's perfectly fair to look at them in a very similar light. Let's move on. We, we like a bit of Danny Rick here, don't we? Well,
1: yeah. We, we, yeah, like, a bit of Danny we Rick. like a bit of Danny
0: Rick. Yeah. So he's going to McLaren in 2021. <laughs> is he? Uh, is and, he? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So Carlos Sainz, guess what? He's going to Ferrari. Really interesting oh stuff. My oh, gosh.
2: Is that the topic?
0: Yeah. And also,
1: Lewis Hamilton going to DTM.
2: Oh, that I can't <laughs> wait for. Him and Albon together again. I love
1: him. He is still not signed, people. Still not Still oh, funny enough,
2: I did see a rumour, and this is from the Hillmeister himself, so you may have seen this, uh, that he's... Graham. Yes, Graham. Um... <laughs> Phil. <laughs> That's Damon, that the reason why Hamilton has not signed a contract is because he wants the ability to veto any teammate choice for the next two years. That is apparently the discrepancy, but we'll get onto that at another time.
0: Spicy. Very spicy, muy caliente, as you might say, Sam. Um, I think, yes, I think you would. Topic at hand, though, is Daniel Ricciardo. He's going to McLaren, so a, a new lineup for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, Harry, do you think that the experience that Ricciardo brings in terms of winning races, being in a very competitive Red Bull in the past, do you think that's going to benefit McLaren a lot?
1: Yeah, I, I think it will. You know, this is the first time McLaren have had a, a race winner in their team since uh, 2018, since Alonso left um and you know that's not to say that the two years they had without race winners were bad i think they've been very good for mclaren's the uh, refreshed the team um but i think you know that race winning, race winning mentality that danny break brings i think coming off the back of 2020 which i think you know arguably was one of his best years in f1 if not his his best um will help you know he's he's buoyed by that performance um I think if you come off the back of twenty nineteen then it'd be a different story but um yeah, I don't see how it will be anything other than a bad thing you know I think ricardo Ricardo and Norris will have the same open jokey relationship on the outside, but then similarly competitive as signs and norris norris did um over the past two years uh, and that can only be good um yeah and I, I think I think Ricardo is perhaps undervalued as quite a thinking driver, quite a clever driver. Um, so yeah, maybe that maybe that'll benefit him. He's good good with strategy. Um and i don't know what ben's doing again folks can't see us but he's something's a, appeared in front of his his camera <laughs> um <laughs> so, so uh yeah i'm not sure what's going on there anyway uh yeah so what was my point conclusion danny Rake, good lad probably it's gonna be fine
2: <laughs> probably a good lad
1: probably <laughs> no he's definitely a good lad definitely a good lad for the, for the record, um, for both of you and for
0: everyone else, um, I was actually plugging my laptop in um, because it was running out. Of, but the problem is with my laptop, I can't have my camera and my microphone on at the same time without also having it on charge. So I had to remove my camera. Um, so it all looked a bit weird. But you won't have seen any of it, so you probably cut don't care. This out. Just
2: cut this out.
0: Yeah. This is another another yeah podcast special. Uh, there you go, folks, that you'll never see. Rid- ridiculous. Never see um, Daniel Ricardo to McLaren. Good move for the team, Sam. Do you think that his experience is going to help a lot?
2: Daniel Ricardo is such a, an invigorating, enjoyable personality. He's such a motivating guy. The amount of joy that that bloke spreads that people love him simply for his his optimism. His, he, he rubs off on people the right way? You know, he really <laughs> inspires. That is not dirty, Harry. Thank you. <laughs> Get your mind out the gutter. You're disgusting. Periac. Bugger (laughs) off. Um, He brings a lot of motivation. I think you're right, Harry, when you say he is a very thoughtful driver. We've seen him develop massively over the years. He's been in Formula One. His tyre conservation has been brilliant. His overtaking has always been one of the best on the grid. Up there, I think, with Max Verstappen and Hamilton as the two people that can pull off a move when they need to happen. Um, But what I also think about this McLaren-Ricardo partnership is that I think McLaren are going to do the world of good for Daniel Ricciardo. He did a good job at Renault. I think he liked it there. I think it was all right. But um, it never seemed to really 100% click to gel in that team. And I think with Norris being a bit silly and fun with him, the fact that McLaren are definitely the most light-hearted, fun, upbeat team on the grid at the moment... I think it's going to really unleash him. I think it's going to be so, you know, chains are off, Daniel. You do what you want. You go for it. We've got your back. You know, we saw it happen with Sainz. Sainz was starting to struggle since leaving Toro Rosso. Join that McLaren team. Bam, big impact. Norris comes into Formula One. Bam, big impact. You know, it is such a strong team at the moment. They are really on the up. And I think that you're pairing that lighthearted but motivated, determined aspect of McLaren ironically, with the motivated, determined light of Daniel Ricciardo, I think it's a perfect match. They've got that serious undertone. They've got that investment backing that they need. But they're allowed to do what they need to do to be successful. And I think it is a relationship made for success. And It's probably my most exciting partnership, I think, for the going season, Uh, especially now with Mercedes engine in that car as well. I am super pumped to see what they can do with it. I think it's a brilliant move. I think success is on the way. I reckon there could be a race swing on the cards if they get things right.
0: Ooh. Ooh. interesting interest perhaps a bit of an insight there into our predictions for the 2021 season which aren't too far away now they will be um, like yeah they'll be on your way very very soon so um what i would say here is that mclaren and actually not just mclaren just anyone having a race winner in your team does not necessarily mean the team is going to do well i mean mclaren is a great example of this bear in mind that once upon a time they had not only two race winners in their seats they had two world champions in their seats did it matter not to say their performances were poor at all but for the team did it matter not really no they were still very bad and compare that to the last two years where they haven't had a race winning driver on their team which could be wrong on this but i believe is the first time in mclaren's existence where they've had a lineup where they haven't had a race winner start man! But it seems to have worked out pretty well, doesn't it? So, you know, you you look at those two situations and think maybe it's not that important. What I would say, though, because I do think his experience is going to help here, I would say that the McLaren of 2014 and 2015, 2016 was not in the same position to succeed as the McLaren of 2020, 2021. I think organisationally, McLaren is more different now compared to 2015 than any team on the grid You know, in terms of names and stuff like that, they might be one of the very few teams that still has the same name as six years ago. But in terms of what Zach Brown has been able to do, the people he's been able to bring into the system, the likes of, you know, Andreas Seidel most significantly, but, you know, even the likes of Gilles de Ferran and Stella, all of these guys, he's put people in the best position to succeed. And it's it's working. They've definitely been going in the right direction. So having that race experience, uh, having that race winner's experience to go along with that. I think can only be a good thing. And I think what is also a good thing is that it's not even a driver that is coming from a team that's done very, very well for the last five years. And that's it. I think with Ricardo you're getting the best of both worlds in that not that long ago, he was in a Red Bull that was capable of winning races. But at the same time, he has also got experience of the last two years of a team that's in the midfield in a direct battle to what McLaren have had and will probably still have this season. Carlos Sainz obviously came from Renault in the same way that Ricardo did. And I think that experience was pretty valuable. And now he's out of the door to Ferrari. They're able to replace that with more Renault experience with Daniel Ricardo. Now you could say that Carlos Sainz's experience is now going to Ferrari, one of their rivals. But to be honest, I don't think Ferrari are rivals with McLaren. I think Ferraris are probably rivals with Flymo or something along those lines. <laughs> you uh, know. Flymo are good though. Yeah, to be fair, that might be... Harry's up. Harry's Volkswagen up, maybe. Put it... Oh, yeah. no, he... no, Not... This not. Sorry. Wrong car. I'm, I'm living back in 2015. My um, mum's Volkswagen up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was great up a hill, that was.
0: <laughs> had to push it. Shout out to Harry's mum. Yeah, mom. so I... <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think his Renault experience, plus his race winner's experience, plus his midfield experience, plus he's a good driver that'll all add up to something pretty good I think so I'm excited to see what he can do
1: he is a good driver yeah that is
2: it end of the discussion he is good (laughs) let's know what you think he is good you know what no one ever tweets us about this actually (laughs) I'm quite all of you listening someone tweet us anything just say I'm from the podcast or something like that that would be nice
0: We'll move on now to our newest game show that no one asked for. We've got Call the Commentary. Sam, I believe you have an intro ready for us on this one.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. When don't I just magically have an intro ready for people? Sherry, jump on a ferry? It's time to play Call the
0: Commentary. Well, my expectations were high and you somehow managed to smash it. Well done, Sam. Thank you. Well done. Um So, premise of this game is I've got six audio clips that I'll be playing to Sam and Harry. They'll take it in turns to guess what race or what event or perhaps both what the commentary is about. Um, and as long as you provide enough detail about what it is, um, you'll get a point. So, can't wait to get zero. I can't wait for a one nil. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pick a number between one and six, Harry. Four. It's a good one. 160 miles an hour. The cars are doing it as it comes through there. Safety car out, of course. The drivers, oh my word. Thinking about a pass there. David Coulthard
1: on Olivier Pan.
0: Oh, he's, he's already oh, in. I he hasn't no even idea. heard the whole clip. Go on,
1: Harry, Do what I, is it? Am I naming the, the, the GP or the commentator? Um, the, the GP and the the what's going on.
2: Don't name the commentator.
1: Okay, it's... Uh, 2003 at british gp there was a madman on hanger Street. i was there i wasn't the madman <laughs>
2: <laughs> eight-year-old harry seven-year-old harry was <laughs> bringing down the hanger straight
1: yeah and uh i think is it dc or someone tries to overtake olivier palace and was almost <laughs> almost wipes the man out crazy times
2: that could
1: have been awful crazy times yeah. indeed um Yeah, so I think I actually managed to
0: play you number five accidentally, Harry, but clearly clearly it's all right because you've got the point. Um, Sam, do you want to pick a number? And who knows, you might even get that number.
2: Let's take two. It it could be 43. Pick number two, my lord.
0: Number two, my lord.
2: (laughs) All
0: right, here's number two. Uh, Bit of Murray Walker for you. Oh, yes. When it would decrease the gap. From eleven points to seven points. Oh, what's happened? David's lost it, has he? Stops off. They're both off. Is who is that? That's a, that's. A, is that a Tyrell or is it? Oh bloody hell! <laughs>
1: Bit of a hint. It wasn't a Tyrell. Um, <laughs> what was Murray Walker describing? Oh. I love his confusion.
2: <laughs> what? 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 Murray Walker and me are very I'm similar Murray. in the sense so we never really know what we're saying. Um, <laughs> and I don't actually know. So I'm just going to make it up and say it was the 1996 Japanese Grand
1: Prix. Well,
0: okay. uh, yeah, I mean, you're not, star, not a million miles out. Um, Harry, do you have an idea of what it was?
1: It's a 95 British GP.
0: Are they oh, all the British CP, Ben?
1: <laughs> you,
0: you, you've managed to pick the first two of the British Grand Prix Call The Commentary. Um, yes, it was Damon Hill with uh, Michael Schumacher there. Um, ah, not see. a Tyrrell hiding, And it I'm wasn't a to Tyrrell.
2: <laughs> too obsessed with Murray's voice that everything else has became a blur.
0: Maybe fair enough. All right, so, Harry, you've got the lead. What number do you want now? Again, could be the right number. Uh Four, please. <laughs> <laughs> you actually won number four this time. All right. Okay, so uh, number four, you have got Mr. Mister David Croft.
2: Oh, what a leg lodge. And this time, Rob Stroll now makes a move on Felipe Massa. And Daniel Ricciardo's in that fight. And Nico Hulkenberg as well. And Massa's getting swallowed up by the pack. And down the inside goes Daniel Ricciardo.
1: And down the
2: inside.
1: That is, it's a Baku one. Uh Oh, lordy lord.
2: Bloody one I know as well. The first of the three. (laughs)
1: 2017?
0: Spot on, back in 2017. damn it! (laughs) Yep, that was uh, Ricardo's triple overtake. Um, It was lush. Pretty special, wasn't it? It was Um,
2: lush. Down the inside!
0: One, three, or six, Sam?
2: Oh, I'll have number six, please, Ben.
0: Alright, bit more Murray for
2: you. Oh, good, I'll get it wrong. (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking
0: at three cars now One of them is a McLaren and it's off And it's Lewis Hamilton Lewis Hamilton is off at the same corner As Jensen Button yeah. This race is turning into the one Just like Silverstone and they're flying off There's another one Going straight into the side of Jensen Button's car And another One, two, three, four,
2: five cars off At the corner Um, Is that It's the year no, I think I'm going to get wrong. Is it the 2007 German Grand Prix at the Nürburgring? Is it the wrong...
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Is it the it's, European yeah, Grand Prix? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. Where they're all going no, off, the, off the
2: start-finish straight into the barrier.
1: When was when was Murray commentating in 2007? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. See, see this was a weird. bit of a red herring in <laughs> that
0: Murray Walker was commentating on the likes of Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he came back for a race to for
1: um, radio.
2: And that's all he got. That brilliant. That race was crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, fair. That's a good race for Murray to come back. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, I
0: don't believe it. Well done, Sam. Um, you got so one. That's A point for you, Harry. Can you get three out of three? You've got either number one or number three. I'll go for number three, please. Oh, ben. it's a good omen. All right, number three. You've uh, got Anthony um, Davidson. You don't. You've got. Uh, you've got <laughs> yes, some J- yes. Some James Allen. <laughs> Final few laps. For the second time this week at a major sports event, I'm shaking. I was in the stadium at Istanbul. I was shaking for the whole of the second half. And I'm shaking again now because this is the most fantastic finish to a Formula One race. There goes. The tyre Let's go. He just misses the VAR. And I said he should have pitted. I told you he would have got a podium if he'd pitted. Instead of which, he's going to get absolutely nothing.
1: Oh, James Allen is so good. It um is. Uh, it's uh, it's Räikkönen at it's the same track again I think it's European GP oh, 05
0: spot on 2005 oh, 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 European well Grand Prix well yeah Kimi Räikkönen his tyre on his last legs um, and then it went kaboom
1: into turn one
2: no Lewis Hamilton there getting over the line with only three tyres
1: <laughs> no Kimi couldn't Kimi couldn't do that
2: Shows what a real goat can do. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, give me (laughs) facts.
1: So, uh,
0: that leaves one more, and uh, it's James Allen for you again. Oh, come on,
2: James, give it to me. (laughs)
0: Explain yourself. All right,
1: um, hang on a minute. Explain yourself?
0: Yeah, Yeah, here here we go. Gone straight on it must be David Coulthard and look at Montoya he's really attacking Michael Schumacher as they go down towards Belnor he wants through he wants through no he can't get through and that's uh, McLaren without a front wing and look at Montoya attacking Schumacher Coulthard then lost his front wing this is perfect for Jensen Button Schumacher and Montoya too busy watching each other Schumacher pushes Montoya clean off the road now Ralph's having a go down the outside. It's- too grassy and too wet
1: there. Cheeky. Oh, it sounds so exciting. What it's is nice. going on? It's
0: immense. It's, it was. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting. Uh... Brundell as well. Still sounds so
2: good. Um, I'm gonna say.
1: I don't, I don't are,
2: know this one. No, I'm taking a pun. I think this is Canada, two thousand and
0: four. You've got the right year, but not the right race. Um,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> I'll give you a clue in that there is a famous uh,
1: press conference that follows on from this That incident. doesn't
2: help me, Harry. <laughs> does
1: that help you? Is it the Made in Italy and Emilio Romana GP? Oh, <laughs> okay.
2: Imola, of course it is.
1: It's the first
0: lap of the San Marino Grand Prix at Imola. Uh, where Montoya and Michael Schumacher are side by side. Uh, Michael Schumacher forces Montoya off the road there. And then in the press conference afterwards, Montoya very sarcastically went, he, he of course
1: he can't see me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mr. Junkie has got all the banter in the world.
1: Sassy Mr. Junky.
2: I love him. That man is an icon
0: of the sport.
1: Junkie so, sass. Harry, you've done very, very well
0: for yourself Congrats, there. Mate. Three out of three for you. And you are today's winner.
2: Well done, mate. Yay. Play the jingle, but I've got to sing. <laughs> <sighs>
0: I feel like that's going to be one of our best ones.
2: Yeah, I do like doesn't it. take
0: much, but one of our best ones. Um, maybe, maybe we should
2: get a fan to write a game and the jingle, and I'll sing
0: it. Yeah, I can Quite imagine amazing. that's something that no one would get involved with. Yeah, yeah
2: probably not. If you do yeah. want to get involved, again, tweet us, please, someone.
1: Please. No, what, no, what, what they should do is they should... Just tweet us the name of the game, but don't tell us what the game is and then we've got to make it up from the name of the game.
2: That is fun. Please
1: do that. That's
0: breaking on Twitter. Give us a game name and we'll we'll do the rest of the work for you. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it'll appear on our next podcast. Um, We'll be back in one week's time. Uh, Until then, Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here
2: folks it's been a bit ridiculous as always uh, we've also got like a mini competition running on YouTube it's going to be open for a couple more days uh, closing at the end of the weekend but you'll listen to this if you listen to it when it does go live um, so get involved I think that's the 7th 7th it, it, of February it'll shut um, get involved get over there do subscribe chat to us and get back to Twitter tell us about a game or about P. gazzle being a naughty naughty boy um, but in the meantime thanks for sticking around in the off season we'll bring you more action I've been Samuel i I've
0: been Ben Hawking. I'm having Mr. (laughs) Chunky. And remember, keep breaking late.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.